Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. Today's date is the 27th day of March, 2017, and the streak is going to end a week from yesterday. So April, what the hell day will that be? That is going to be April 2nd. 2017 will be when it ceases to become a daily podcast and will become a weekly podcast. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside on a beautiful, beautiful day. In I am currently in Southern California, the town of Irwindale, California, and I am visiting the Santa Fe Dam Recreation Area. And I am down the 210... And take a cut over at the five, and you'll wind up at Dodger Stadium, the home of the four-time defending, and well, maybe will be the five-time defending. Who knows? National League West champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm recording this on a beautiful day, beautiful Sunday, in Southern California, and this damn recreational area. And I say that D-A-M. So, so Ray and anyone who doesn't like me swearing, I'm saying damn. D-A-M, okay? So if I say goddamn here, I'm making a positive statement about and anyone who you believe created the universe and the dam here that I'm looking at. And it is a, it's a lot of water here. It's a good thing because it wasn't that long ago that we were in the middle of a just a absolutely jaw-dropping drought here in... California, Northern California, Southern California, whichever California you want. It was just absolutely, it was cataclysmic and affected everybody. And so now that we're here, we see there's a lot of water here. There's some ducks, there's some geese, they better scurry. They're in the dam. Some people are fishing, which makes you realize they put the fish in here. These fish don't, fish don't go to dams normally, right? So they put the fish in here to, to, I don't know, make it more fishy. And there's some people fishing, which seems kind of cruel to the fish. Look at, don't get me wrong, I eat fish. I eat fish a lot. I, I, I have genocides of fish that have gone on because of my eating habits. Uh, but I am, I just think it's kind of cruel. We're going to throw a bunch of fish, a couple of mackerel in here, maybe a salmon. And we're going to yank them right out. Well, either way, it is a beautiful Sunday here. And my family is here. My kids are taking a bike ride. My wife is approaching me listening to something. And I figured no better time than to record what could be the last Monday daily podcast in the 1,620-some-odd episodes of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. Now, I just read something that I found to be kind of sad. Yeah, we sometimes forget when there's an obscure player, and I'm, I'm one to make, you know, when I talk with my baseball fan friends, the more references to obscure baseball players you can make, the better. And if one has an unfortunate baseball name, a name that is absolutely primed to be made fun of, you know, you, you, you jump on that. You jump on that. If you're, you know, Eric Plunk, Plunk, Joe Clink. I always thought Grant Balfour was a really unfortunate name for a uh, pitcher. 
Swisher. You know, it just, uh, you know, you swing and a miss, swish. And of course, you know, anyone who has a, a, a name that sounds, you know, could be remotely, you know, double entendre um, is, uh, you know, you just sort of go, oh boy, you know, dick pole. Sorry. Oh, my kids are now biking right past me, right now. So stay on the bike path, guys. You're supposed to stay on there, not bike around on the grass. So one name like that, whose name, one pitcher from, you know, when I was really at, you know, at peak baseball watching. I'm still at peak baseball watching. When I was, when I was reaching the level that I'm at right now in the late 80s, early 90s, was a pitcher for the uh, Philadelphia Phillies named Todd Froworth. And, of course, you go by that name, Todd Froworth, Todd Noworth. You know, and, and he was a submarine pitcher who had the real misfortune of being part of those Phillies teams when the Phillies were starting to fade. Now, uh, when I was starting to follow baseball in the late 1970s, the Phillies were one of the elite, not only one of the elite teams, but one of the teams you expected stars to go to. They had Schmidt, who was... If he wasn't the biggest star in baseball, he certainly was one of them. They had Steve Carlton. They had Greg Luzinski. You know, eventually they brought Pete Rose in. I mean, they, they, I mean, that was just... When Pete Rose left the Reds to become a Philly, I mean, that's just... That's mountain-moving time. And then the bad... You know, they, they won the division in 76, 77, 78... They won the World Series in 80. They were one of the two NL East teams that played in the Divisional Series. Lost to Montreal, but they're still postseason time in 81. They won the pennant in 83. It was just expected for a long time that the Phillies were going to be a serious contender. And when that when that fades away, it really bites the, the, the newcomers in the butt. Because when there was glory... And then there is no glory. The players who are the faces of the new regime are the ones who are unfairly compared to the previous ones. You know, I saw even when the Yankees, the Yankees were still making the playoffs. When they stopped winning pennants, you know, the players, even players like Giambi and even A-Rod were trashed. And bro, we, we were better off with Brocious, we're better off with Tino, we're better off with, you know, all these other... They had very good players on the team, some of them all-stars, but if they don't win, oh, where's the Paul O'Neill, where's the Ramiro Mendozas? You know, and you, see, you saw that happen and unfairly trashing some players, like one of the, uh, uh, the Sully Baseball cards of the day was Doug DeSensis. And he had a horrible time with Oriole fans because he had the audacity to not be Brooks Robinson. You know, and the fact that the Orioles stopped winning for a while with him as the third baseman. They won with Robinson. They didn't win with DeSensei's. Ergo, DeSensei sucks. There's a real strange, weird logic to go around with that. But, you know, that logic, you know, if you take a look at the some players who have been starters on multiple world champions, Aaron Rowan, is Aaron Rowan a better player than Ted Williams? 
you know, Aaron Rowan happened to be the center fielder for the White Sox and happened to be on the Giants when they won. So he has multiple championships. So does Juan Uribe. You know, you see players who show up on multiple times, and they have an aura of winning, but if you happen to be that player on a losing team, well, that kind of puts you in the crosshairs. So when the Steve Jeltzes, the Bruce Ruffins, the Rick Shoes of the world started popping up on the Philadelphia Phillies, and Rose was gone, Bake McBride was gone, Luzinski was gone, Carlton was gone, Mike Schmidt was the only guy sticking around. And they were wearing the same uniforms. They were playing in the same stadium. You know, they still looked like the Phillies. But alas, the winning had stopped. And a part of that was the rise of the Mets, and part of that was the rise of the Cardinals, and part of it was the team got old, and they didn't make all the best moves. You know, they made a bunch of moves for now. And they tried to make moves to, to win, and those moves paid off for the most part because, you know, you keep winning pennants and divisions the early part of the 80s, it worked out. It was harder to win. It was harder to make the postseason back then. There were only two divisions. You know, you're, you're first place East, first place West, that's it. No wild card game, no third division, nothing. So the bad times came back to bite them. And Froworth was one of those players on the team when things were starting to head south for the Philadelphia Phillies. And Phillies fans, look at you hate Phillies fans hate to hear this, but they can be a little rough. They can be, you know, a little uh, you know, a little this, that, or the other. But Froworth was coming up and he was a reliever on the team who was supposed to be the next really good closer. You know, he went back, you know, he he piled up a bunch of saves in the minor leagues, and he looked like he was going to be, uh, you know, a submarine arm, kind of a Kent Colby type relief pitcher. And he made his uh, he made his debut in 1987. Now, to keep in mind, 1987, um, Schmidt was the defending NL MVP in 80, because he was the MVP in 86. But he was starting... Starting to decline a little bit. He was still a good player, but he was starting to decline. And a year and a half later, uh, he had retired. He retired midway through the uh, 1989 season. And they were, the Phillies were uh, a winning team in 86, but the Mets just blew everyone blew everyone's doors off. And I thought, ah, you know there's a lot of young talent coming up on this Phillies team. Maybe they're going to have a new run. But it never happened. Cardinals were better, Cubs became better, the Mets were better, and the Phillies were, you know, they were a non-factor. And beginning a really, really dark time in Philadelphia sports history. Remember, between the Sixers winning the 83 uh, NBA title and the uh, Phillies winning the 2008 World Series, in those, what was that, 25 years? There were no championships in Philadelphia at all. Froworth came in his first game. He entered the fifth inning. Uh, Phillies pitcher Greg Gross was ejected because he had uh, sandpaper in his glove. Froworth pitched a solid uh, inning in the third, got the win. And um, on 
began what was a nine-year major league career. Pitched for the Phillies, pitched for Baltimore, pitched very briefly for the Red Sox, uh, had a cup of coffee with the California Angels, and that was it. He never really was, you know, he didn't really amount to, you know, huge career. He, you know, 3.60 earned run average out of the bullpen. He was respectable, not great. And, you know, he didn't get many saves, didn't get many decisions. Todd Froworth. Todd Noworth, as he was called by Philadelphia fans. And we'd all chuckle at that because it was clever and mean. And clever and mean can be a really, well, bad combination sometimes. Todd Froworth died today. Todd Froworth had been battling illness and cancer and everything. And I saw that. He was online and, you know, former Phillies and Orioles pitcher Todd Froworth died. I was like, oh, man, I remember him. He was Todd Noworth. Ah, too bad. And because I'm a little bit of a self-centered prick, I thought to myself, well, should I put him in the in-memoriam video that I'm going to do at the All-Star game this year? Then I read a little more about him. He was from Wisconsin, went back to Wisconsin, coached in his high school that he went to, later became a varsity basketball coach, and coached some baseball, and became a really loved part of the community. And then has been fighting an illness for the last few years, and now he's gone. And I started thinking about that. You don't always think about those players when they stop becoming baseball cards, when they stop popping up in a box, you know, in a box score from time to time. Sometimes you you lose track and you think, oh yeah, that person got cut or this person's uh, their career's done, that was over. He just had a cup of coffee. He was there for an hour, and I'd make a joke about it. And you forget, they live on. They live on for years. Sometimes they find other jobs. You want to know where Doug Mirabelli is, former backup catcher for the world champ, two world champion Red Sox teams? Hey, he wound up selling real estate. You know? So Glenn Braggs, who was guest of the podcast, world champion Cincinnati Reds, started selling real estate. And you find that some people do this, some people do that, some people get in trouble, some people made a ton of money, then don't do much anything. And then you have people like Todd Froworth. Can you imagine what a beloved figure he must have been for his players and in that school? You know, there were some people who were brought in, to, you know, we saw in our high school, oh, this guy played college ball, this guy played, you know, Division One, this, Division One, that. This guy played in nine different seasons in the major leagues. He was teammates with Mike Schmidt. He was teammates with Cal Ripken. He was teammates with Roger Clemens. You know, he, he was teammates with some Hall of Famers and big-time All-Stars. This guy played and held his own. And can you imagine what that would mean for the players on his team when they find that baseball card or they find those clips, if they're clips of him playing, or they find a box score here, a box score there. That's Coach Froworth. You know, there was someone who I went to high school with who wound up playing a few years in the NFL. Played for the Saints, played for the Colts, played for the Steelers. Not a great career, but you know, he caught a 
two-point conversion in a playoff game. And got to, you know, got to suit up. Got to play a few games. I bumped into him a few times. I've seen him a few times. And I'm like, whoa! And there's a little aura about him. I can't imagine what I'd be like around someone who logged in nine years. Nine years in the major leagues. Nine years where he was someone who said, oh, let's put together the best team we possibly can, and he makes the cut. When you look at someone, no matter what sport they are, and you can say, hey, I made the elite level for a game, let alone nearly a decade. Think about what that means in that high school of his. Which, you know, not a gigantic high not a gigantic place. This is, you know, in, in Milwaukee, Marquette University High School. I'm sure there's a, a lot of people there who go to sports here and sports there. But to know that he was someone who was at that level, he must have been a hero. He must have been people, people must have been looking up to him. Parents must have been looking up to him. That's right. You can be like Coach Froworth. You can reach that level. You may not reach that level, but you can try hard. And this guy's been there and has done that. And as I read a little bit about him and knowing where his standing was after his playing career, I actually felt kind of badly that I ever called him by that derisive nickname. That I actually thought that because he wasn't at the level of Tug McGraw or even Al Holland, that he wasn't an all-star, the Phillies didn't win with him pitching like it was his fault that they made a bunch of crap trades and they didn't develop the next big power hitter and the next big slugger. They they made the wrong move here or there. They thought Steve Jeltz was going to be the answer at shortstop. No offense, Steve Jeltz. But I called him Todd no worth at all. He's a man of tremendous worth and a man worth at least a day to salute that you made it to the majors and you coached a bunch of kids and I guarantee you those kids will remember you for the rest of your life rest of their life as a hero someone to look up to someone to emulate and someone to make you think man I hope I'm worth that much and so Keep that in mind. I'm not trying to be a buzzkill. If someone stinks, boo. If someone is a bad person, boo them harder. But remember, they're human beings too. And sometimes that little bit on top of the mountain is all you need to be an inspiration to a bunch of people. When they can say, hey, have you ever been there? I say, yeah. Yeah, I have. I'm going to show you how to get there too. That is tremendous worth. So, Todd Froworth, here at the dam, I salute you. And we'll continue the podcast for the rest of this week up until next Sunday when it gets rechristened as Sully Baseball and becomes a daily podcast. So go to sullybaseball.com, go, uh, like me on Facebook. Hey, go to, go to iTunes and give a review. That helps. That helps iTunes know I'm here. Uh, go to Facebook, go to Stitcher, go to Instagram. Uh, I'm listed as Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You can be old school, send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski.
saluting the worth of Todd Froworth like you should. This has been the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast for the 27th day of March 2017. I'm your host, Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.